0: time. Going on, who that nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for spending your time with yours truly to discuss New Orleans Saints. On this edition, we're going to be talking about the trade deadline. Now, as you all know, that the trade deadline for the NFL season is coming upon us, and should the Saints try to uh make some trades during or before the trade deadline and i'm also going to be talking about who i feel like would be a good replacement for dennis allen as defensive coordinator but i want to say thank you so much for taking the time out to spend it uh with me here on the state of the saints podcast special shout out to all those that are in the chat uh shout out to jerry poor official young nola uh cole ramsey dada ray uh, Thank y'all so much uh, for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. You know, um, the trade deadline story kind of uh, came across my mind because uh, I, I was reading an article and <laughs> one of the articles that I read uh, involved uh, defensive end Marcus Davenport. And uh, it was saying that uh, Marcus Davenport should be a potential trade that the Saints uh, need to think about making uh, trading him uh, to another team and as I chuckled as I, I read the article because even though you know I'm not the biggest uh, Marcus Davenport fan uh, you know what I'm saying I do support the guy as far as you know what I'm saying feeling like he has all the, the upside in the world and I think a lot of people are just kind of frustrated with his injury history I don't feel like the Saints need to be considered trading uh, Marcus Davenport but there are several guys out there that could come to the New Orleans Saints uh, that can make an immediate impact. Uh, I seen that uh, one person that uh, they brought up was a wide receiver, AJ Green. Uh, <laughs> I think that ship has sailed. Um, I know AJ Green was a high commodity uh, a couple years ago. Uh, when we felt like the Saints needed uh, a number two receiver, AJ Green name came up, and uh, people were like, Man, we need to get AJ Green, we need to get AJ Green. Look. We all know that the Cincinnati Bengals are one of the most pettiest organizations in the world. They do not like to relinquish any of their players. You know, Carson Palmer had to basically retire in order for them to even try to uh, send him to the Oakland Raiders at the time. And A.J. Green, I feel so bad for him because it seems to me like A.J. is never going to really get a true opportunity to get a shot at a Super Bowl title. And around the time that uh, he decides to... uh I guess part ways with the Cincinnati Bengals, they might see him as damaged goods or a team might see him as damaged goods. And he may not get that opportunity uh, to go to a credible team. Uh, but there is somebody out there that I feel like the Saints uh, could uh, p- could possibly go out there and try to trade for. And that's Patrick Peterson, man. I st- I'm still on a Patrick Peterson train. I still feel like Patrick Peterson uh, would be a great asset to the New Orleans Saints. I still feel like uh, he he would want to come and play for the New Orleans Saints. And even though we see the Arizona Cardinals destroy the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night football, I still feel like the Arizona Cardinals aren't a Super Bowl contender. OK, they might make the playoffs. They might make the NFC West very interesting. But I think Patrick Peterson, the age that he's at right now, he understands that his football life is winding down and he wants to uh, be a contender. And we all know that uh, Patrick Peterson coming to the Saints defense, it will give them instant credibility. You have Lattimore, you got Jenkins, and then you got Patrick Peterson, man, out there as well. I think that would be somebody that would contribute uh, right away. I think that would be a good look for the New Orleans Saints. And also if they would go out and try to trade for a linebacker, man, somebody that can come in uh, that can play out uh, opposite of Demario Davis. You know, I love A.J. Klein, but sometimes he gets uh, missing in action, you know, uh, You'd you be looking for him, can't find him. But I think that the linebacker court will probably get a little bit better now that we have uh, Kiko Alonso coming back within the next couple of weeks. weeks. Uh, Kiko Alonso, uh, he, he's one of those guys, man, is often heard as well. But Kiko Alonso is a really good linebacker and he's a good complement of Demario Davis as long as he stays healthy. So um, I feel like the Saints need to go in that direction, get a linebacker, maybe uh, try to trade for Patrick Peterson type um, I was very upset that the Saints didn't try to go get Drake Kirkpatrick in the offseason. Y'all seen what he did last night, caught an interception off uh, uh, Andy Dalton, which was kind of crazy, former teammate. Uh, Andy Dalton getting intercepted by a former teammate Drake Kirkpatrick. But uh, I just think that the Saints need to get uh, a little bit more stout in the secondary, man. And I, I think that the Saints' issues, uh, you know, would kind of uh, kind of subside if they was to get a guy, that could play right away, okay. All you got to do is if you were to sign Patrick Peterson, is to tell him to play man to man coverage, and I think he would do a really good job until he figures out the defense. But as far as like with the pass rush and everything like that, I don't think the Saints need to go out here and try to aggressively try to make a trade for a pass rusher. I feel like the Saints can get uh, you can't rush the passer, they did a good job against the Chargers getting pressure on Justin Herbert. Uh, the thing about it is it's just the secondary, man. The secondary is the issue because if the front four can't get pressure on the quarterback for one play, it's going to be a big play. So the Saints got to find a way to try to tighten that up in the secondary because now uh, we're coming to the midway through, we're coming to the middle of the season and the mistakes got to be limited. It, they, are, they are going to have to be limited because teams are starting to find out their identity and the Saints can't just be out there, still uh going through the same growing pains okay i mean it's only so much that we can take and accept i mean it's only so much you can do for the whole world realizes that's who you are that's what you are and right now the same secondary is very very suspect to say the least so i do think that the saints if they were to make uh, some trades during the deadline i think it should involve the secondary and maybe a linebacker but i would love to hear from you i'm going to go to the chat right now and see what you all have to say and answer some of your questions uh these sports talk says i think a trade for Edmonds would be nice yeah uh yeah Edmonds. uh that would be a really good uh move you know the linebacker uh um, i think if you're talking about uh for the uh from the buffalo bills if i'm not mistaken uh yeah i think that would really be a, a really good look um i know the, uh, the other Edmonds also plays for the uh pittsburgh steelers and we actually had an Edmonds, uh, one of the brothers, uh, he was the running back for the New Orleans Saints. So I'm not sure which Edmonds you're talking about here, but they they all are, are good in their own right. You know what I'm saying? And I would love uh, to have, uh, you know, one of the Edmonds brothers who actually plays uh, linebacker to come to the New Orleans Saints. I think that would give them credibility as well. Uh, Klein on the Bills. Uh, I think that should be sailed, man. I love A.J. Klein, I really do. I know he had a, A forced fumble uh, on um on Travis Kelsey on Monday night but um I I don't think so man but I think AJ Klein is a very smart player I think the Saints uh (laughs) I wish they would have kept him man but we all know that this is a business at the end of the day and AJ has to do what's best for his family have no problem with that Uh, Dalton says our problem with linebackers we see two linebackers on the field instead of three uh yeah that's because uh they they don't trust zach barn enough in order to put him on the field consistently now zach barn did play in the game man on monday night i don't know if y'all noticed that or not, but zach Bond was in the game but it was mostly on third down it was mostly in blitz packages um, they had him on the field trying to rush the passer, so um they they are trying to get him on the field i don't know what the real issue is i don't know what he's showing at practice i don't know if he's showing enough uh from the linebacker position for them to trust him being on the field but man you got to figure out what you got with the kid man if he goes out there and he not uh you know playing up the snuff then you know just make the corrections man but don't just go out there and just you know don't have them in the lineup of the rotation I mean give the guy opportunity to go out there and prove himself sometimes uh guys aren't good practice players but when you put them out there on the field they flash I mean that's just the way it goes sometimes uh, Klein plays for the Bills. Yeah, he does. R.J. Mason says, yeah, we need to get some good players for defense. Yeah, I, I don't think it, uh the defense is like a real huge issue, man. I, I really don't, man. I think that the the front seven of the New Orleans Saints, you know what I'm saying, like as far as what's a couple of linebackers, uh, probably like I say about three of their linebackers, and um their front four is really good. It's the secondary that's the issue. We know that the front four can get pressure. We know the linebackers can tackle. The secondary is the issue it, It's what happens when the saints can't get pressure on quarterbacks, when they go up against some of those elite offensive linemen, that's not going to allow too many sacks uh, to their quarterback. That's where it, it becomes very, very troubling. Uh, so I feel like the saints need to focus on trying to fix the secondary rather than making the, the the secondary defensive scheme a little bit more simplistic or, you know, just trying to make sure that the right pieces are put in place because you, just, you know, I mean, there's no margin for error right now. I mean, the Saints are in this division right now. This is a close race. It's not like we're talking about the NFC East or something like that, uh, where the Saints are, you know can flex their dominance because they're just that much better. Or even last year when the Saints had the division wrapped up by Thanksgiving. This is a division that is wide open, and the Saints can't really afford to be making these type of mistakes this late in the season because, once again, these teams are starting to find themselves, they're starting to make the necessary corrections in order for them to make that big run. And it'll be sad that the Saints uh, can't get it together. And this team has been together for the longest. Uh, it, it would be really, really sad. Uh, giving a shout out to Jerry Poor And they bringing uh, Crawley back. with the F? Yeah, I, I really don't understand that. I really don't, man. You know, I just feel like that's another lazy, co- lazy coaching move. You know, the Saints are really lazy when it comes to uh, the, the coaching. Uh, they're always trying to go and fire guys that used to play for the Saints. I just feel like there's a reason why you got rid of those guys. There was a reason why you decided to go in a different direction. There was a reason why in the middle of the season you decided to go get Eli Apple. There was a reason why in the middle of the season you decided to go get Janoris Jenkins. It's because you felt like the guys in the secondary was were not good enough. OK, I mean, I don't understand by bringing them back. What is that going to mean? I don't I, you know, I guess like for depth, I guess it's like less teaching. You have to teach a guy. But I don't know, man. I just feel like just get other guys on the field, man. Get these guys coached up and and maybe these guys can be the answer to the question that you've been trying to ask for years. OK, I just don't understand like why a young player like he Washington can't get any snaps. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand, like, why some of these other young players, you know, um, like Adam Troutman or, you know what I'm saying, Zach Bond can't get any opportunities. I, I just don't understand it. Like, I, I think that's a reflection of the Saints' coaching that these guys have been here this long, and you can't find, like, a role for them nowhere. You can't utilize their strengths. I mean, it, it makes me question their ability to coach. Uh, you know, do, do they have to get the same usual suspects? And it's not like these guys will like tear it up at any time. It just, these guys are like just warm, warm bodies on a team. You know, you can probably go out here and get somebody that can make an impact. A guy that can go out here and, and and do some, and do some damage. Uh, I mean, I I don't understand it at all. Guys calm down. I'm pretty sure he meant, uh, Thor, uh, the Alex dude. I forgot his, his last name, uh, Alex Azzalone. Yeah. But, uh, A.J. Klein, you know what I'm saying? Like A.J. Klein uh, was somebody that was – somebody mentioned A.J. Klein, but, yeah, he played for the Buffalo Bills. I don't understand why the Saints would go after Patrick Peterson. Uh, He's as uh, bad with drawing penalties as the DBs already on the Saints roster. Uh, Leave uh, Patrick Peterson in the desert. Uh, No, I I wouldn't leave Patrick Peterson in the desert. You know what I'm saying? I think that Patrick Peterson – you know i think that he would be a good asset you know he's one of those guys that you can line up on outside and line up in a slot you know i mean he i just feel like he can bring he can bring something to the team i mean he, he definitely can so uh should have brought in patrick peterson uh hey tj did you get my email about the saints playing at the superdome instead of tiger stadium uh no, Jerry, I didn't get your email, but uh I, I did read about that story. Uh it seems like the Saints right now are trying to make a proposal to Mayor Latoya Cantrell about trying to get the Superdome this time at 35% capacity. And the proposal actually has the backing um uh, from the auctioners uh help uh hospital, you know. So that's no surprise to me. And um I do feel like that's kind of <laughs> a conflict of interest, in my opinion, you know. Uh, that are, are a uh, a sponsor of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, anytime y'all see those interviews, y'all we see Auctioner in the background. It's because they support the New Orleans Saints. They sponsor the New Orleans Saints. So of course, if the Saints go to them and and ask them about you know uh, supporting them as they try to get fans back into the stands, of course Auctioner is going to say that. Now, no disrespect to Auctioner, is one of the best hospitals not only uh in the state of Louisiana but in the entire country. I mean people can attest to that uh but you know i just feel like that's a conflict of interest you know of course auction is going to support the new orleans saints because they sponsored them but um you know i don't know if it's going to work i don't know if it's going to uh make any type of impact uh governor john bell Edwards he really didn't like the idea and i don't think latoya cantrell is going to like it and I want to keep my fingers crossed that they might allow some fans into the stands this Sunday versus the Carolina Panthers, but I don't think it's going to be at 25%. Uh, I really think that looking at some of these numbers that's going on with COVID uh, looking at uh, some of the, 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 deaths that are going on, the numbers are going up. I think in the United States, they're averaging about 50,000 cases per day. Uh, you know saying I'm saying? That, that's pretty sad about a thousand deaths uh, per day. Um, I I think when you're looking at those numbers, they become extremely alarming. And sometimes you have to protect yourself. You got to protect others from themselves. Okay, I said it on the last uh, edition of the State of the Saints podcast. You know, the only thing we want to do is we want to cheer for the Saints. And sometimes uh, when we want to do something so badly, we don't think about the threat. They may come with some of the decisions that we're trying to make. And the governor and the mayor are trying to make sure that they do what's in the best interest of the people and because that's their job, okay, is to protect us from things that we can and cannot see. And uh, I feel like uh, they're doing a really good job, man. And I can't really get mad at these people uh, for not allowing people back in the Superdome. I wish I could be one of those people that's getting angry, but I feel like my anger would be disingenuous and it would come from a selfish place. It would come from a place of me being a fan of the New Orleans Saints and me feeling like the reason why the Saints are struggling right now is because they got lack of support. And maybe by me uh, screaming to the top of my lungs and losing my voice at a Saints game on Sunday, sitting in the stands, maybe that can help the team become better. But at the same time, am I willing to risk my own health and well-being just for me to cheer for the Saints? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, I mean honestly, I don't think you would want to walk into a house that's on fire, would you? You wouldn't want to walk into a house that you see that's ablazing. blazing. Uh, so why would you try to walk into a place where you know there's a possibility that you might catch a deadly virus? I, I don't think that you would want to do that. So I can't really get mad at the officials for doing it, but I also can't get mad at the Saints for trying to do what's in the best interest of them to get some type of uh, competitive advantage. I mean, that's what that's what the uh, coach's job uh, is. That's what the uh, what the franchise job is, right? Every week uh, we go through game plans. We talk about keys to victory. Uh, the Saints are trying to get a competitive advantage over the opposition. So having fans in the stands is one way they feel like they can have um, some type of competitive edge. But we got to make sure that we're being safe in the process, folks. We definitely do. Uh, DLP 2600 says I would also, uh, like another safety, you know, DLP 2600. I, I mean, I feel like the saints already have the other safety and that's DJ swearinger Um, uh, he doesn't play enough for me. Uh, I don't know why they still around that thing messing around with Janoris Jenkins. Uh, not Janoris Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins, excuse me. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins is a shell of himself. Not that I can't say that Jenkins don't have nothing to bring to the table, but at this stage, I think DJ Swearinger is better than Malcolm Jenkins. Um, I really do. When DJ Swearinger is on the field, you can tell he's out there. Uh, I think he's better than PJ Williams. But for some apparent reason, the Saints just love themselves and PJ Williams. It, it just uh, I, I'm I don't know, man. They need to put Swearinger on the field. Uh, Tremaine Edwards. Okay, thank you. Okay, that 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 clears that up for me. Yeah, Tremaine, that was a really good linebacker. Good, good, young linebacker. A good at stopping a run. Good sideline to sidelines guy. Uh, you know, can make some really good tackles. But I don't know. <laughs> I if I I don't think they're gonna uh, be willing to let him go. I, I really don't. No, no way in the world. They're not letting that young kid go. He too. He's too good. Um. Uh, he's saying you meant to say Azzalone earlier, but you said Klein. Uh. I don't know. Did I say? Did I say Klein because somebody mentioned A.J. Klein? Or did somebody, you know what I'm saying, did I say Klein when I was talking about uh, DeMario Davis and Alex Azzalone, okay? I don't know, man. Somebody brought up A.J. Klein, and I know I mentioned him um, stripping, you know what I'm saying, stripping a pass or something like that uh, from um, Travis Kelsey. So I don't know. If I did say – if I did say – uh aj klein when i was talking about demario davis and alex as then i apologize but yeah that's what i was talking about uh it takes me off uh how each week we as fans are yelling stick to the run and fix the secondary and the following week is the same old story it's like we're afraid of change i mean I don't know. You know, I I just feel like uh, the New Orleans Saints, uh, they need to uh, start running the football, need to be a little bit more aggressive at running the football. I've always been a supporter of running the football. uh, But for some apparent reason, I just don't think that Sean Payton has an interest in it. Uh, (laughs) Anytime your running back has to go to you and say, uh, run it till they stop us, run it till they stop us, uh, it's very alarming to me. Because I don't feel like uh, Sean Payton would have did that. And I feel like the I feel like the, the scheme and, and the strategy is out. Like I think teams understand the Saints might start being red hot running the football at the beginning of the game, but they just uh, holding their breath and waiting for Sean Payton to try to get away from the run, to try to grand strand, to throw the football all over the place, and that just plays right into the hands of the defense. I, I just think that teams don't believe that the Saints are going to be aggressively uh, running the football consistently. I feel like that 42 carries in that Detroit game was an anomaly. And uh, I just feel like if the Saints were actually to run the football consistently because they have the offensive line to run the football, they do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I just think that they have guys who can move the pile. You know what I'm saying? That can push the defenders back in order for Alvin Kamara to average about five yards and Latavius Murray to average about five yards. And I think that uh, going forward, the Saints are going to have to commit to the run if they want to win some of these games going forward. You're going to have to run the football against the Chicago Bears. You're going to have to run the football against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you're going to have to run the football against the uh, Carolina Panthers. I mean, it's just as simple as that. You're going to have to run the football. You cannot go out there with Drew Brees on the mind, throwing the football all over the place, throwing the ball 36 to 40-some-odd times and think that you're going to win a football game consistently. You might win a game, you know what I'm saying, if it's close and all that kind of stuff. If Drew Brees do that you know if if a team is beating you and you have to throw yourself back into the game it might make it competitive but you cannot consistently go out there and try to run I mean try to throw the football all over the place it's not going to be in pretty folks it's not the Saints need to get something uh on the the Rooney family or whoever the GM is for the Steelers uh and make a trade to get T.J. White man that is not happening good luck with that. Uh, T.J. White is the, the best player right now on the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Um, I don't know what's in the white water up up there, you know what I'm saying, in that, in that country town that they grew up in, but um, I think everybody needs to drink that. I mean, those brothers can play, okay? <laughs> J.J. is a beast, and his brother is a beast as well, man. I mean, I watched both of them at Wisconsin. They both were dominating players, and on the next level, they're even more dominant. So, uh, Shouts out to T.J. Uh, T. White. I enjoy watching him play uh, back in 2018 uh, when the Saints uh, played the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, he was all over the field. So uh, there's no way in the world that the Rudy, Rooney family is going to let that guy go. I mean, a lot of people are comparing this guy to Jack Lambert. You know what I'm saying? Like back in the day. So anytime you, you're getting mentioned with Jack Lambert, mine is uh, having all 32 of your teeth. You know what I'm saying? That, that's that's pretty Uh, that's pretty high praise right there. I think we should move uh, Davenport inside and keep Trey on the outside. Uh, Yeah, that would be a good move, but um, the only issue is uh, you have some really good defensive tackles in there. I mean, would you want to uh, put uh, Davenport on the inside as well as uh, Malcolm Roach has been playing? Uh, Would you want to put him on the inside uh, as as well as Malcolm Brown and and Sheldon Rankins has been playing? I don't think so. Uh, I think that, the Saints defensive tackles is probably uh, the unsung heroes of the team uh, there's a reason why the Saints haven't allowed a 100 yard rush in a while and there's a reason why these guys can't get any penetration up the middle you have to keep that in mind so maybe moving them to the inside from time to time would be fine um, I've been looking and noticing that the Saints have actually been switching Cam Jordan with Marcus Davenport from east side you know Cam normally uh, plays uh, on the uh, left side i mean on the right side excuse me and davenport usually uh bees on be on the left side and vice versa they've been kind of switching it up so uh i i I really would be very i would be skeptical about doing that especially since uh, the defensive tackles have been playing really really well what you think about uh marcus davenport tj uh, you think we should trade him uh no i said it at the beginning rj um at the beginning of the podcast no i wouldn't trade uh i wouldn't trade marcus davenport look i, I understand about the injury issues and i know it's frustrating folks because we want to see what this guy has we want this guy to contribute the saints have been to the playoff twice uh marcus davenport has yet to play in a playoff game but i i see why the saints are so high on him i mean he was He was uh, making his presence felt in a game against the Chargers, man. He was, uh, you know, pushing those offensive line back, um, and he was trying to get at uh, Justin Herbert. He did have a couple quarterback uh, pressures, and he did have a few hurries in the game. So I understand why the Saints are so high on him. It's just the fact that he can't stay on the field. So I think that's that's why we are so angry. You know, it's not so much that we don't think he can play. Is the fact that we're so frustrated because we don't see it as much. We only see it in small sample sizes. And, you know, it's almost like if you go to Sam's Club, right? And, you know, they're giving out free samples and you taste the sample and you're like, man, this sample is pretty doggone good here. Where can I find this? You'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, we're sold out. You know, like, well, why you got my mouth all watery and stuff like that for this good, you know, delicious food that I'm eating and y'all ain't even got it anymore? That's kind of what we feel about Davenport, right? We see him flash across the screen and we're excited about what we see. But all of a sudden we're looking at the local paper or we're looking at an article online and it's saying that he's hurt, you know, like it just frustrates us. So I don't think it's an issue that he can't play because he can. It's just the fact that he's just never healthy, you know, and we don't want just small sample sizes. We want the whole damn thing. Okay. Once you showed us that you, you have what it takes to play in this league. We want to see it more because we want you to be a a valuable asset to the success of this team going forward. So if he can stay healthy, man, I mean, it is a big if because you have to say a big if because we haven't seen it happen. I think he can be a good player and be, you know, somebody that can actually contribute to this new Orleans Saints team. And and I think if he's healthy and he's playing, we wouldn't even have concerns about uh, people like Clowney or, other players that we would want to bring in to try to contribute to the pass rush because we have him this years Saints team just don't feel the same 2018 was my favorite team with Ingram yeah I mean I think when Mark Ingram left I think he uh took a spark with him man um Mark Ingram is you know as much as we used to give him you know a lot of backlash you know especially earlier in his career uh he was one of the brightest spots on the On the Saints team, and I I feel like he he took that spark to Baltimore, and that's one of the reasons why the Baltimore is so successful. You know, I I do feel like Baltimore is a good football team, but I think it has a lot to do with Mark Ingram. Uh, Mark Ingram uh, has become like one of the faces of that organization. You know, from some of his post game antics, from him dancing in the locker room like he did with the Saints, uh, from him being on the sideline encouraging his teammates. uh, I think he took that spark with him, and I think that. Uh, Mark Ingram was so hard to replace because we all knew like in some of those games where the saints need to get some of those tough yards uh, when in some of those games where the saints need a spark, Mark Ingram stepped up. I never forget that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when he dragged uh, one of the linebackers into the end zone with him, you know, and and how the saints were losing in that game. And all of a sudden, you know, saying like, just because of that run by Mark Ingram, man, it, it lit a spark under the whole entire team and the rest is history. Um, I also remember against the Washington Redskins, you know what I'm saying? Like when when the um, New Orleans Saints uh, were playing them and those two big runs by Mark Ingram, you know what I'm saying? To uh, set up the field goal for the win. And, uh, you know, so I mean, I think Mark Ingram took something with him when he left New Orleans. And I, I do feel like this team has not been the same since he's left. I don't think it has anything to do with Elvin Cabar. I'm glad that we kind of, you know, kind of hush that type of a narrative i know people are like oh he ain't the same since mark he missed his friend well y'all see now all right it had absolutely nothing to do with mark ingram being missing it had a lot to do with him being injured but i do feel like mark ingram if he was to still be on the saints team i think it would be a completely different story that guy that guy took a major uh a major chunk of passion with him to baltimore and i feel like that's something that's missing from the saints team we have very good young players on this uh sidelines who can contribute to this team and they rather play PJ and brain bag Ken Crawley. None of it makes any sense to me. It don't make any sense to me either, you young boy. Uh I mean your boy Jay. I say young boy. Your boy Jay. <laughs> it don't make sense, man. It don't make sense to me at all. Uh it's just the fact that they stubborn and they're not willing to they're not willing to uh go out there and, and take risks. But I just have to say, you going out there taking risk every week, knowing that P.J. Williams could possibly get smoked, uh, knowing that Patrick Robinson can possibly get smoked. But you put those guys on the field. So I don't understand why. It's not like you see some elite secondary play about them boys or something like that. It's the same issues. And they've been dealing with the same issues and doing the same thing since they've been in the Saints uniform. I, I don't understand it. Justin says I wouldn't trade nobody but a draft pick and, and free agent I think we can add Clay Matthews and Earl Thomas yeah, you know what I'm saying if you want to get some veteran leadership if you want to kind of kick the tires on Clay Matthews, why not uh Earl Thomas is another guy, but I don't know man you know I'm kind of on the fence with that I would call him up to see you know what I'm saying to see what his mind is at to you know at least interview him and talk to him and see you know what happened in Baltimore you know what i'm saying what type of player he can be for my team so i mean i don't know i don't don't know if they're that desperate just yet uh but i mean anything to improve your team right davenport should have been a second rounder with no pressure to start uh not uh two first rounders and i think that has a lot to do with it too dustin that's a good point or will we even be having this conversation if he was a second round pick? Well, I, I take that back. We probably would, because if we're up here still holding TreQuan Smith accountable, and this guy was like a third round pick, I mean, we would still have that same type of energy when it comes to Davenport. TJ, he asked about trading Marcus Williams, not Davenport. Okay. Uh, trading Marcus Williams. Thank you chosen. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying this in passing. Mean, I apologize. You know, uh, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about trading Marcus Williams. I, I, I don't know if you would be able to get anything for him. You know what I'm saying? Right now, the way that he's playing. I don't know what you would get from him. You no, know, but I, I'm not sure. But if you can get something for him, even though I feel like the Saints know that most likely they're not going to bring him back. I would be shocked if Marcus Williams comes back, signs like a two or three year deal with the Saints. That would be shocking to me. But if you want to go ahead and try to shop him, that that would be fine. But I look at it like why a team should depend on one person to make you good. If you uh a good team, uh you just good. Uh I I don't feel like just one person uh will make you good, but we can't pretend like uh some of these players out here aren't the heart and soul of the team. Uh if somebody like Demario Davis uh, you know, uh falls down or something like that or gets injured, I'm knocking on wood for that. I mean <laughs> there's going to be a huge drop-off at the lineback position, right? I mean, we, we've we heard that before, right, when Mike Detilia was on the show. Shout out to Mike Detilia. You know, he even said it. He said, I know we talk about next man up and stuff like that. He said, but he said, man, that, that ain't true. You know what I'm saying? That's just something that players say. He said, you know there's going to be a huge drop-off if somebody leaves or gets injured. And I think that Mark Ingram uh, was a spark. You know what I'm saying? He was indeed a spark for this team. And, uh, you know, it is a huge presence. Like, you got to keep in mind, man, Mark Ingram was on the Saints team for, you know what I'm saying, about eight eight years. You know what I'm saying? For eight years, Mark Ingram was a New Orleans Saint, okay? That, that is a leader in the locker room. That is a guy that you know was going to be there day in, day out, year in, year out, right? So it's not like, I, I don't know, if somebody that, that has only been with the team for maybe like a year or two, you know, like, it's not like that. This guy was a guy that the Saints drafted. They drafted this guy back in 2011. And we've seen Mark Ingram come from that rookie. Heisman Trophy went out of Alabama, going through those groin pains, to being one of the best running backs in the NFL right now. So that, that, is a, 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 that is somebody that can be missed by an organization. Von Bell and A.J. Klein gone is why I.D. changed so much, in my opinion. Uh I, I guess you can't say that because Von Bell, we know he led the uh the team in uh force fumbles. He was uh helping the Saints uh get back the uh, ball, getting possessions and stuff like that. Uh AJ Klein, I feel like him and Demario Davis uh were on the same page. You know, it was very rare that those two guys uh weren't on the same page. You never seen them really looking at each other about who assignment is what. Uh, you you had like good, solid tackling by both of these guys. So I think there is some validity behind what you're just saying. But I do feel like the Saints, uh, for the most part, for the most part, they got the same players, man. They got the same players that they've been rolling with for about three, four years. And the fact that we still are asking questions about the secondary is pretty damn sad. Saints need discipline. I don't care how much they run the football penalties and having turnovers at the wrong time is what really hurting the Saints you know what uh one issue is, is, is the holding and the pass interference it, it, it's not really like it was last year like with the holding calls by the offensive line like last year it was a lot of holding by the offensive line that was one of the the problems with the New Orleans Saints this year it's the secondary so if the secondary can cut down these penalties I think they'll be just fine I, I think they'll just be fine man but they gotta they gotta be able to uh they gotta be able to find better ways to try to uh not put themselves in that type of position. Tyrell Davis says they really don't need a trade. They are getting Kiko Alonso and Ty Montgomery back. I would keep away from Earl Thomas. He's a borderline locker room cancer like A B. Uh yeah, like I said, um I, I would talk to him to see where his mind is. You know what I mean? You you really you you never know, man. I I don't know you. I, you never know what's really going on with any of these players or whatever like that. You never know what was said, what was done. I I mean, they brought AB in to talk to him, right? And they realized that wasn't the best decision. So talking to Earl Thomas, I don't to feel like it would hurt. Uh, but I do think that with the addition of Key lines Alonzo coming back off the pup list, Ty Montgomery coming back off the pup list, that 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 a, that, a, that, a, that is um one player and i'm talking kiko alonso that can help out the mario davis when it comes to the linebackers Ty montgomery can get in where he fit in i'm not saying that disrespectfully but uh right now you know the way that the saints are playing and they're structured kind of hard for me to find a place for him at this particular time brandon says after watching the tampa bay buccaneers destroy the green bay packers i'm convinced that defensive coordinator dennis allen is our problem we have the horses in the stable, but the wrong jockey. Yeah, I agree with that, you know, which leads me to my next point, who I feel like uh, should be uh, the Saints next defensive coordinator. And people, I seen you know, when I posted this guy picture, you know, it just shows me that people need to uh, kind of understand uh, football a little bit better and also kind of uh, tighten up on the uh, football knowledge. And that was Chris Richard, um the former uh assistant defensive coordinator of the dallas cowboys and i say former because when i post this picture people were acting as if he still was on the Cowboys staff uh chris rashad is not in the nfl at all as of right now which is very alarming to me you know what i'm saying like how can a guy uh that had the dallas cowboys defense pretty damn good last season i mean nobody called this man up i mean nobody get this guy opportunity after all the trash that we seeing um around the nfl defensively how can chris Rashad not have a job but chris Rashad is a guy that i would select as the saints next defensive coordinator uh he had the dallas cowboys defense looking pretty doggone good and um <laughs> i don't think anybody should have an argument with that because the, the the last two times the saints actually played the cowboys um with the saints scored 13 points uh back in what 2018 and then they scored 12 points in 2019 and that was because uh, Chris Richard was actually calling the plays. So I feel like he would be one of those guys that can help the Saints uh, take the, the defense to the next level. I like him a lot. He's a young guy. I feel like he'll be able to relate to some of those young players. I feel like he could get the best out of those players. Uh, he was uh, also coaching the secondary. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys secondary was pretty good. Uh, they probably had some they had some issues like trying to turn the ball over and stuff like that. But I just don't feel like they had the ball hawks out there. But he had those guys believing in themselves. He he always had those guys in the right place to be around the football. And also, we know about Lathan Van Der Esch and uh, Jalen Smith. I mean, he had those guys out there flying around the field as well. So Chris Rashard would be my choice. He would be my choice to uh, replace Dennis Allen. And uh, if you don't believe me, man, go look at that guy's resume. And uh, <laughs> like I said, uh, people just I, I think people saw the Dallas Cowboy game last night, and they just thought that he still was – on the coaching staff. He is not okay. Mike Nolan is the defensive coordinator and he, and he put his staff together and we know that that's a dumpster fire, but uh, Mike Nolan, we just want to let you know, there's always a place for you at the linebacker coaching position. You know what I'm saying? Because (laughs) we know that uh, he may not be the best defensive coordinator, but he had those linebackers looking pretty damn good. So Mike Nolan, you can come on back, man. You know what I'm saying? We know that you most likely going to get fired because your defense can't stop a nosebleed. You as the coordinator, But uh, come on back to the Saints as the linebacker coach. We'll be glad to have you. The spark Ingram took with us. Uh, Y'all ain't never going to get me back. (laughs) Thank you for the $2 the spark Ingram took with him. I appreciate that. Uh, We definitely uh, missed that spark that you brought to the team. No doubt about that. Andrea Johnson said, there's a reason Earl Thomas is not on the team. I I do agree with that, you know. Uh, you know, we've seen it in Seattle, uh, we've seen it in Baltimore. So there's a reason why right now a guy with that type of talent and ability is still out there because teams are are afraid to uh, pull the trigger. Uh, Trail Saints can't beat the refs too. Well, you shouldn't put it in the hands of the refs. And I think that we need to understand that as Saints fans. It's it's time for us to understand uh, that the Saints put themselves in that type of position by uh, not doing the necessary things uh, in order for them to uh, get these leads. And then we find ourselves looking at the referees and hoping that the referees do the right thing. Well, you know, we shouldn't count on the referees. The Saints have to go out there and they have to execute. The Saints will go out there starting strong, and then all of a sudden they'll have about four or five three and outs and putting the team right, uh, the opposite team, in a, in a position to make it competitive. And then all of a sudden, like, we got to watch every nook and cranny We got to dot every I and cross every T and hope that the referees uh, swing, swing the ball, you know what I'm saying, swing something our way or give us a break. Nah, man, you go out there and take it out of the hands of the refs. The Saints have too much talent offensively for us to even be having these type of conversations about uh, the referees all the time. I'm not even going to go that route. Now, do the referees uh, seem like they call Saints game a little bit more closer than some of these other games that I see? Absolutely. Uh, but at the same time, you have to ask yourself why the Saints putting themselves in that position if they know that the referees don't have their best interests at heart. I think you have enough veterans with Davis and Jenkins. They just need to step up in that leader uh, leader role, especially Jenkins. Well, hard for a guy to step up in that, that that role at the age of thirty three, and you've been a season, you've been a lead for about twelve years. I mean, he's just not the same player. Uh, I mean, that's just a fact. You can have all the leadership qualities in the world, and I think we all can agree that Malcolm Jenkins is indeed a leader. But at the same time, Father time is undefeated, and um, playing over 2,000 snaps like that, man, it, it's going to take a toll on you. So I can't really knock him for that. But as far as Demario Davis, I mean, come on, man. That man playing out his mind right now. He's definitely one of the bright spots on the defense. I never have an issue with Demario Davis at all. TJ, I don't think our corners play uh, the deep ball in practice. That's why they be getting burnt, point blank. Yeah, I mentioned that. You know, I had a theory and people, you know, uh, you know, some people liked it, some people didn't. I said maybe it's the fact that Drew Brees gets all the first team reps and there are not really a lot of deep balls being thrown in practice because I only can assume, folks, if I'm not seeing deep balls being thrown on the field on Sundays consistently, what makes you think that the ball is being thrown down the field at practice consistently? So maybe that is an issue. Maybe the Saints don't see that enough. And you know, maybe you should try to get uh Taysom or uh Jameis uh some practice reps where they can actually aggressively try to get the ball down the field and or there's that potential threat. Uh so maybe they need to get them involved in practice if Drew can't get the ball down the field consistently. Because I'm just looking at it, man, like I know if Drew Brees is doing these things in, in an actual game, I know for a fact he's doing these things in practice. He, I mean, because Drew Brees is a creature of habit. So it's not like Drew Brees just all of, all of a sudden gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna just throw the ball deep in practice, but I'm not, I'm not gonna do it on the field. Nah, Drew Brees is a guy who is uh is calculated. I mean, we see Drew Brees doing the same thing, the same routine over and over again all the time, right? We know about his stretching routine going into the second half. Uh, We know about him getting his stretch in at the beginning of the games. We know his warm-ups. We know him uh, licking his his hands and all that kind of stuff. We know about all these different things. He's a creature of habit. So, I mean, I, I only can believe that the way that he's playing on the field on Sunday is how he plays in practice. I think you have enough veterans already read that. Uh, read that no i don't care uh no i don't want clay matthews y'all saw what happened when he was with the packers and rams he got penalties in games uh well last year he uh also uh was one of the leaders on the rams team in sacks so we can't take that away from clay matthews look i mean i'm not i'm not into the business of nostalgia you know i'm not just i don't want to just have a guy on the team just because we recognize his name I don't care about that. I want a guy to be able to play. I, I don't care, you know what I'm saying, about what they did with their old team, and I think sometimes we have a tendency of, of believing that sometimes. I think we look at a guy, and we we just recognize their name, and we like, ooh, but we think about them um, during the times of yesteryear, you know, when it was out there, uh, you know, taking a lead by storm, uh, being the best at their position, uh, but time has passed, right? And those players uh, become old and they might uh, have missed a step or two. You know what I'm saying? Like they may have uh, dropped off a tad bit and maybe that player that they once were for their respective team, they're not that player anymore. So sometimes I feel like we are, uh, you know, our our own worst enemy sometimes because uh, I think we, we have this idea about what these players actually are And they don't end up being that way, you know, for us. And and it it makes us very disappointed. But sometimes we just have to understand, man, like these guys aren't the same. And there's a reason why they're no longer with their team. Is Mark Ingram a better fit than Murray? Uh, I think that Murray is a good fit for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, But I just think that they're two different players. Like you don't see Latavius Murray uh, being very vocal. Um, He seems like a very quiet guy. Seems like a a role player he understands his role he's not trying to rattle the cage he's not trying to uh you know uh be that guy you know what i'm saying that's always in the media and stuff like that now he's just a guy who goes out there does his job go home you know and ain't nothing wrong with that uh but that's just not his role i think with mark ingram man, mark ingram is a little bit more vocal a little bit more animated and um a little bit more of a presence than latavius murray is but when it comes to like running the football, like I think Latavius Murray is doing an outstanding job this season. I think everybody should be impressed with what they see out of Latavius. Hell, Magic Beans uh, would be good for Marcus Williams at this point. At least I know uh, where I planted the beans, uh, the guy is always out of position. Yeah, um, I think this season it, it gave uh, Marcus Williams an opportunity to uh, make his own reads because Malcolm Jenkins was there as a racer. And um, what I'm seeing right now is uh, Marcus Williams is not making the right read. He's not ma- making the right decisions. Uh, that That's that's very alarming to me. I thought with Malcolm Jenkins coming in, him having uh, that veteran leadership, him knowing that uh, Malcolm Jenkins is going to be exactly where he needs to be. And for the most part, Malcolm Jenkins is, it's just the fact that Malcolm Jenkins just could get, be getting burnt by tight ends sometimes, and, and also some slot receivers, but, uh, when it comes to like making reads like when marcus williams needs to be on this side of the field but he on that side of the field you know it it, it just tells me that he has a lot of uh growing he needs to do at the safety position oh i, I don't know man like i just feel like sometimes like maybe it's just the, uh, the secondary coach and defensive coordinator bringing out the worst in these guys because i mean we look at people like patrick robinson and even malcolm jenkins man they wasn't that they weren't that bad when they went to Philly. You know what I'm saying? Like, so maybe it's the coaching that we need to be very frustrated with. Man Teo assigned to the Chicago Bears practice squad. Well, man, congratulations to him. You know, we all know that Man Teo isn't the best in coverage, but he is a, a short tackler, and um, I think he deserves to be in the league, man. So, uh, shouts out to him. I'm glad he got an opportunity. Terrell says, one crawfish, one coin. And no potatoes for Marcus Williams. <laughs> yeah, man. Right now, I don't think you can get much for Marcus Williams the way that he's playing. Defensive pass interference call mainly. Yeah, yeah that is true. They, they they get a lot of those, a whole lot of those. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Raiders? Um, I think that the Raiders are a good football team, and I think they're finding their way. Um, they're finding uh, they're finding their way. They're learning how to win. And um, I think they have a good recipe for success. Uh, you have a guy like Derek Carr, who, who reminds me a lot of Drew Brees, a guy that's extremely efficient, uh, doesn't really throw the ball down the field consistently enough for me. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why John Gruden is kind of frustrated with him. Um, I think that uh, Josh Jacobs is a really good running back. Uh, you know, I think that he's a guy that this team can lean on. And I just think they're going to get better defensively. Uh, I think they give up a lot of big plays in the secondary because they're young. And these guys have to learn how to be pros. Uh, I think that Damon Arnett is going to be one of those shutdown corners. Uh, I feel like uh, Jonathan Abram is going to be one of those guys who who we see in the league as being one of the next top uh, safeties. Uh, He believes in himself. He's not afraid to go out there and and lower the boom. Uh, He's not afraid to get his hands dirty. Uh, I think that the Raiders uh, really have a, a opportunity to be a force to be reckoned with over the years. Um, I don't think it's a mistake that they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that uh, the game plan was great. And I think as long as they stick to the game plan and stick to what they know, which is uh, the offense is ran uh, by Josh Jacobs' uh, success and not so much Derek Carr, uh, I think they should be fine. But uh, I, I got a lot of respect for them. And I think that they're on the rise, no doubt about that. Uh, this might be out of the box, but I wouldn't mind the Saints uh, trying to pursue Ruben Foster. Uh, man, I haven't heard anything uh, from Ruben Foster in a while. You know, I know he was one of those guys that uh, the Saints were actually uh, trying to get during draft day, right? Uh, the Saints were, <laughs> called him. He didn't answer the phone. Uh, he, the 49ers picked up the phone. And uh, <laughs> and he ended up uh, going to the uh, San Francisco 49ers. But... I'm not mad at that because the Saints right after that went go get Ryan Ramchick. And we see how that turned out, right? So who won that? <laughs> I would say that the Saints actually won that deal. Okay. But Ruben Foster, he has some ups and downs, man, he had some issues. Of course, you know, with domestic violence and stuff like that. I don't condone that at all, folks. I don't condone domestic violence, man. Look, uh, especially, you know, us being in the month of October, we're recognizing domestic violence awareness month, uh, but you know, all the issues that have been going on with Ruben Foster, I feel like by the Saints not, uh, him not picking up the phone for the Saints was probably a blessing in disguise. Uh, but I haven't heard anything about him recently. Hopefully, uh, he has taken the time to get his life together. Hopefully, uh, he, he is focused on getting his life together more so than football. And if he is, uh, as, as good as he, he once was going, coming from the University of Alabama and, and some of the uh, games I've seen him play. With the 49ers, then I wouldn't mind signing him as long as he's not an issue. I don't have a problem with that. Marcus Williams worked on his tackling technique this summer. I see the improvement, but he may have lost his confidence in the playmaking department. I don't know about that. I don't know if he's lost his confidence in a playmaking department. Uh I, I, I just think that um man, this whole secondary just been playing like trash. I don't just think I don't just think that is his confidence. is, it's the whole entire secondary. To attack of is the starter in Miami. He deserves a chance to play and to see what the uh, Dolphins got uh, for the future. Uh, Ren, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, I feel like if Ryan Fitzpatrick was out there playing like slow, then I think you would have a compelling argument. But right now, this team is three and three. Okay, they're, they're, right now they're in a position they haven't been in a very long time. And uh, this is something that we have, haven't seen in the last 21 years. And that's the Miami Dolphins having a better record than the New England Patriots as of right now. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been playing really well. Uh, I don't feel like you should have to rush to Tua Tagovailoa out there. Uh, if, if the Dolphins were probably like 0-5 or 1-5 or, 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 or something like that, then I would say bring in Tua. But the way that Ryan is playing right now, Uh, I think that you leave him on the field and it's probably the best thing to happen for Tua, you know what I'm saying? Because if Ryan can actually uh, get some wins and and make it competitive and maybe, you know, the, the dolphins can win the AFC East, then maybe, you know what I'm saying? Next year, you know, Tua Tagovailoa can actually come in and, 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 you know, and and been on the bench all this time and get some mental reps and learn how to be a pro and and know the playbook and, and be even more dangerous it's almost like with uh with Alex Smith for Kansas City, right? Um uh, the Alex Smith for the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, he was a a very solid starter, right? He was very solid. Uh Patrick Mahomes was waiting in the wings. Uh he gave Patrick Mahomes the opportunity to get some mental reps, and around week 16, 17, Patrick Mahomes came out there and he balled out, all right? And the the uh, Kansas City Chiefs saw that it was time for them to uh make uh Patrick Mahomes their starter. They they decided to, uh, move, uh, Alex Smith to Washington and the rest is history. So I think that as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick is winning football games, I don't think that you should go out there and try to get to her. I mean, why try to force something, right? Why try to mess up a good thing? Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he doesn't have a selfish bone in his body. You can tell he just loves to play the game of football. His teammates love him. Uh, I seen when Tua, uh, Uh, through those two passes you can see ryan fitzpatrick on the sideline cheering trying to hype up the crowd in support of this guy so there's 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 no jealousy or anything like that and i think as long as uh you have a player with the character and the ability of ryan fitzpatrick and guys believe in ryan no need to go out there and try to get to it right now No, no need to rush him into it at all we need uh DJ instead of PJ. Yeah, yeah. We we definitely need that. John Ross is trash, especially uh with Breeze throwing to him. Uh yeah, John Ross to me, um, we all know, man, he had one of the fastest 40s at the combine. Uh went to the, the Cincinnati Bengals out of the University of Washington. Uh, but he always was hurt. He was always hurt, and you know, I don't think that the Saints need to uh try to go out there and get get that guy i mean you already got a guy like him uh, and honestly i feel like he's better than uh john ross and that's deontay harris so no need to do that the saints need another speedy uh hard-hitting linebacker besides 56 also another young speedy safety yeah i do i think the saints need to address that in the draft hopefully they can get another linebacker uh hopefully zach barn can step up and be that that linebacker that we hope that he can be But it's hard for us to to uh, actually believe that because the Saints don't use them. They don't use them enough. PJ got to go. His football IQ is weak. Uh, I disagree with the football IQ standpoint. I think he's a smart player. He just he just not that good. He's not that good, man. Uh, I think that he he's a good tackler. He probably the best tackler uh, on in a secondary on, I guess, probably for the exception of D.J. Swearinger. Uh, but he just i don't know man if you take pj's williams knowledge and you put that into the body of a uh i don't know you put that into a body of like marcus williams or something like that i'm talking about his tackling ability and because pj pj be in position he just not that good you know what i'm saying like it it, I, i i rarely ever see like pj like looking and lost in the lights. That's what that is one thing I would say about him. Like if you see PJ, you see him getting smoked, but he know where he's supposed to be. That I got respect for that in that regard. He just he just doesn't have the talent, you know what I'm saying, that matches up with his IQ. And it makes him look bad because he doesn't have that talent. I mean I don't think he I don't think he's just horrible. I just think that uh I think the Saints put him in positions for him to fail if that makes sense do you think uh kiko will get uh, to start at outside yeah when he comes back no doubt about it you don't trade you don't make a trade like the saints did uh for uh, kiko if he's not going to start he definitely going to start when he get back new york giants will trade uh even ingram to uh saints uh, Evan Ingram, uh, yeah, he is definitely the bright spot of that team. Uh, but I don't, honestly, don't think the Saints need him. I don't think the Saints need him. You know, I don't think that's the that's the that's the least of the Saints' words. I think we all can 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 say that we are very happy uh, with Jared Cook with the Saints as as the uh, starting tight end. Um, Jared Cook is definitely not an issue. Okay, I think that we we can count on Jared Cook making a play. Uh, to a game you know what i'm saying we know that we can count on jerry cook so evan ingram i i don't i don't think so man i don't think that that's something that we need quiet alexander or uh, witherspoon would be great additions to the saints yeah quine alexander yeah he would be a great addition to the saints witherspoon a guy that i like even when he was at the university of colorado uh I, I thought i thought that the saints wouldn't be able to pick him up but yeah, I like him, man. He's a big, he's a big lengthy guy. You know what I'm saying? A big physical guy. So uh I think that the Saints would uh definitely uh be better with those two guys on their team. Coaching and fundamentals uh would get us a top five defense without changing the lineup. Yeah, I just feel like the the defense is just too man it, it's just too harvard man i think it, ain't nothing wrong with harvard you know what i'm saying harvard is one of the most prestigious schools in the world you know what i'm saying but sometimes ain't nothing wrong with with, with penn state or you know what i'm saying uh, uh, making it you know what i'm saying even more simplistic you know what i'm saying like penn state is still a good college you know what i'm saying it's just not uh, thought about as you know on a prestigious level uh as, as a harvard you know what i'm saying I, what what i'm saying is you know you still can come up with these different types of uh you know exotic defenses but I just think that they do way too much man I think that they need to simplify this defense okay take it to Penn State okay take it to Penn State <laughs> and not take it to Harvard all the time man because maybe you don't have those uh those guys that with the Harvard mind frame now if this was like the New England Patriots maybe you know what I'm saying because I feel like the, the Patriots, they, they play a lot of money ball here. You know, they they look at analytics. They look at the one to lick test because they understand that uh, Bill Belichick balls up the, the play calls and, and and the game plan from week to week. And there are certain defenses they're going to have to play, certain offenses they're going to have to play. So he wants to make sure that he has the right guys to absorb that. I don't know if the Saints go that route, okay? I don't think the Saints looking at one to lick test when they draft players. They are looking at guys who or instinctive and can make plays and I really don't think that this defense is really that bad I just think that the coaching that they get is not good moving forward once we establish the run we need we need to use play action more and take shots down the field yeah I mean that is something we've been asking for for a long time but I don't know man at this stage uh, do you expect to get that I don't I'm gonna read a few more and then we're gonna get up out of here uh, Recon legend says, uh, You know, our defense is bad when the Saints nine times out of ten uh, win time of possession, and we still need a game winning drive. Yep, that is true. Uh, the, the red zone defense is horrible. I uh, put that's probably above about 70%. Uh, deep balls, I mean, the, the technique and the coverage is horrible. But, you know, in the second half, man, the Saints always seem to try to find their way. They, they they, are the king of the halftime adjustments, but you have to wonder, like, why in the first half they just can't get it together. Well, when you, Drew Brees, plays his final game as a New Orleans Saint, I'm going to cry like a baby, I believe most people are too. Yeah, I mean, man, we're going to miss Drew Brees, you know, when he's no longer the, the quarterback of the Saints. I think that Drew Brees gave us some very – Man, I don't even think I know Drew Brees gave us some great moments and he and he made us love this team with, with you know what I'm saying with the passion and that we have you know well some of us I mean I've been rolling with the Saints for a long time but you know he, he has given us some great moments he, he he gave us a lot of pride he made us you know happy to wear our Saints uh, stuff you know our hats our shirts and you know our, our pants you know what I'm saying custom-made shoes our outfits you know like he made us proud to be Saints fans so no doubt about it we gonna miss him when he's gone but I mean but that's just the way that it is man you can't play forever you can't play forever and um I think that people shouldn't expect him to and I understand how people feel about Drew Brees you know it's almost like in some cases like you talking about God or Jesus Christ like they feel like it's blasphemous if you talk about Drew Brees in a negative light uh, but I do feel like you know, I mean, he's been in this league long enough, and I think the writing is clearly on the wall, folks. And it, at this particular stage, even though Drew Brees is still efficient, man, we don't want to see Drew Brees being a shell of himself, man. We, I don't want to see that, man. I'd rather Drew Brees be out there playing at a high level or a relatively high level and him, uh, you know, do his, his a pat- uh, kiss to the crowd or you know, what I'm saying his salute with his hat, you know, what I'm saying like you know, I, I want to see him go out like that. I don't want to see Drew Brees going out, people scowling every time they look at him or, you know, like just, oh my God, man, come on. You know, like I don't, I don't want to see that. I enjoy watching your show, bro. I'm not even a Saints fan. Hang in there. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. You know, I try to make this show interesting for everybody. And, you know, I, I try to answer as many questions as I can. You know, I mean, even if it ain't about the Saints. I know some people kind of fall uh, fall in. You know, I, I I got some questions today about the Raiders, the, the Dolphins. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty knowledgeable about every team. You know, so I try to keep I try to keep some level of understanding about each teams and, and what their main storylines are. Just in case you know somebody might want to come in. But man, feel free to come in anytime, man. It's like I, I don't I don't care what type of, who you cheer for. I really don't. I really don't, man. You know, you're, you're welcome here on the State of the Saints podcast, no doubt about it. Jermaine says, I'm ready to see a mobile quarterback in a Saints uniform. Yeah, I think that's the new wave that's going on right now. Uh, and let's see. What's up, TJ? How do you feel about the Saints getting uh Zita and Quinn uh, to help with the defense? Uh, honestly, I have to say, I, I really don't know who that is. You know, I don't know who that is, man. I'm going to be real with you. I really don't know who that is. (laughs) I don't know. You have to tell me a little bit about them or refresh my memory or something like that. But I really, I don't know who that is. Uh, Let's see. Let's go to Ren. Ren says, I really like this show. It's very real and gives me knowledge on the Saints. Well, I appreciate that, man. Thank you all. Uh, I want Hornson. Oh, you're talking about the cornerback the out of uh, South Carolina. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that, um, I think that he's a good kid, man, but I got to see more. I know he had a big game uh, last Saturday and everybody was been talking about it, but I got to see more. Oh, okay. From the jets. Oh yeah, man. Look. <laughs> yeah, Okay. I know you're talking about. Yeah. Um, man, the jets, are man, dumpster fire, man you know what i'm saying the, the, the jets are uh, a dumpster fire straight up uh i think they should have a fire sale you know what i'm saying i, I think they should have a fire sale man straight up oh you talking about dan quinn okay there we go ramsey okay dan quinn okay yeah I, I i like dan quinn man i think that dan quinn is a better coordinator than he is a head coach uh, <laughs> straight up, man. Some people just that just they 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 lane, man. Like some people are just better coordinators than they are head coaches, like Wade Phillips, right? Ray Wade Phillips, uh, Romeo Cornell. Uh, I just feel like some guys aren't just designed for the day to day operations, they're designed to, uh, you know, be able to be a, a coach for one particular side of the football. DeJon says, I just joined, I don't know if you answered or not, but how do you feel about the wide receiver from the Bengals that requested a trade? Are uh, you talking about uh, A.J. Green? I mean, this this is a reoccurring thing, man. I mean, this is a reoccurring thing, and I feel so bad for him, man, because I don't know, man. T. Higgins right now, you know what I'm saying? He's the number one guy. Uh, him and, and Joe Burrow seem to be on the same page, and uh, like I said, the, the Bengals organization are extremely petty. Uh, they want to keep guys, and they just want to use them up, It's almost like what uh, Al Davis did to uh, Marcus Allen back in the day. Like he put Marcus Allen on a bench and just had him out there riding. And I feel like it's the same way with AJ. Like allow this man to go somewhere to try to get a chance at a championship. Now, you know good and got doggone well that the Bengals ain't going nowhere. They not going to the playoffs. They not going to the Super Bowl. And you just wasting this guy's prime years by subjecting this guy to mediocrity. I mean, number one picks year after year. So allow this guy to go out there and and and, and go out there and vie for a championship. Why not? I mean, wh- why is it hurting you? You know, like you you're not even really using him, man. I haven't even really heard AJ Green name mentioned. And I, I watch my fair share of Cincinnati Bengals football, you know, because I try to keep up with Joe Burrow. I watch the Red Zone channel. So the Red Zone channel, y'all know, if you if you watch it, it gives you opportunity to see other teams and see some of the players and the playmakers on the team. I don't even hear A.J. Green name mentioned. So allow that man to go somewhere and be able to spread his wings. And I'm not even saying that I want to see him play for the Saints. It's just like certain players you see in the league for a long time, you just want to see them get an opportunity at a championship, okay? I mean, even though Larry Fitzgerald, most likely he's going to retire without winning a championship with the Arizona Cardinals, at least he went to the Super Bowl back in 2007. We've seen him ball out, okay? But when it comes to A.J. Green, never really had a, a true opportunity, never won a playoff game. And keep that in mind, folks. This guy never won a playoff game, ever. Like, man, get that an opportunity to go somewhere and, and, uh, you know, try to win a championship. But I want to say thank you very much for tuning in to the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you all so much for your comments and your questions. Thank you so much for spending your day with yours truly. And of course, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, search the State of the Saints podcast, facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast, and previous episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Uh, During the week, man, we're going to be uh, talking about the Carolina Panthers, uh, the Saints, of course they have their off day on Tuesday so not too much to report from Saints camp uh but we are going to be breaking down the Carolina Panthers game uh you know some of the keys to victory that the Saints uh need in order to get this uh victory over the Carolina Panthers and we're also going to be talking about Teddy Bridgewater about you know what we've been saying so far out of him so uh keep it locked to the State of the Saints podcast your your place for all things New Orleans Saints and thank you all so much for your love and your support and continue to support the state of the saints podcast by liking and sharing the videos till next time all i gotta say is who that